Hi, and welcome to Epic Lifestyles, where we interview people living epic lifestyles. And today we have Ricky Shetty. And I actually met, I think we figured about seven years ago. Uh, first, I met Ricky, and then he brought his wife to lunch as well. And Anna and I connected over sewing, because we both love our sewing machines. <laughs> and I have watched them build an amazing life and an amazing family life as well over over the years as my kids grew up and moved out they started having their own and they have been uh traveling the world building a lifestyle and coaching business as they go as they keep growing their family and uh, i feel very honored to to know him uh, they a lot of people talk about what they're going to do and some people do it and people talk about living the epic lifestyle we peep, we see people showing videos of it but this guy ricky's actually done it and he's doing it successfully and with his family. I think often we see these lone wolves living the laptop lifestyle, but you wonder if they've actually built a good life and a family life and they're, you know, building their world, not just their pocketbook, right? So, Ricky, love to have you here and welcome. Where are you in a closet from? <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Anisha, for having me on your show here today. Uh, you know, we're both from the Vancouver area, but right now I'm actually nowhere near Vancouver. I'm actually in uh, Taiwan, uh, in Southeast Asia, and uh, we're based in the Philippines. Uh, my wife is actually Filipino, and uh, her parents live there. So we're going to be in the Philippines probably for about six months or so. And uh, we've been traveling for the last year, as you mentioned, and we can definitely unpack all of that here today. So I really appreciate uh, you having me on your show. So thanks so much. Uh, definitely an honor. Thank you. And I don't think it's, like I said before, it's not often we have people actually living the lifestyle that they dreamed of. I actually watched you build a dream board and actually make it happen. And I think that that is not often we actually get to see that happen and show that it's how much work it takes. Um, I watched you do the, the different uh, market, marketing masks, uh, social media marketing mastery, getting people, other people sharing their dreams for them by getting them up on the stage and, and building those events. And the ones that you've left behind for us, uh, I still have the YVR Mastermind Group and uh, YVR Podcaster. I've met, I've met some people there. You, start, you, you created this whole community even here in Vancouver that is still making us all feel very connected to what you, the little foundation that you built here. Um, on, on Epic Lifestyles, I have a pretty standard set of questions, but you're totally welcome to off-road with them wherever you like. It's just kind of fun. It's just a guideline. I took a lot of time actually studying Oprah and Tim, Tim Ferriss and looking for the best questions that would help me get to know somebody. Uh, it's not very often I actually get to know, uh, interview someone that I know personally know their story, which is it's pretty rare. So but this is for other people to get to know you and to know that it is possible to live a laptop lifestyle and to travel with kids and family and you know, to, to find that balance. It's pretty cool. So the first question is what are the three most important things we should know about you? Three most important things. I'm happily married to my wonderful life, Anne. Uh, we've been married for uh, six years, and uh, we, we uh, yeah, absolutely love my wife. And uh, the most important thing is my three little ones. Uh, so I got a daughter who's six years old. Her name is Rianne. I got a four-year-old son. His name is Ryan. And I got a two-year-old little guy. His name is Renzo. Uh, so that, in a nutshell, is the most important things. And in terms of uh, work and business, uh, 
Uh, I'm a blogger, daddyblogger.com. I do private coaching, mastermind groups, online courses. I do affiliate marketing. I have an outsourcing business. So I have this whole multiple streams of online income model. Uh, but my real big passion is fathered and family. I, uh, that's a long, a deep story there. But uh, that, that in a nutshell is uh, the three things. My wife, my kids, and my passion for fathered and family. Amazing. And I think this is going to be a different answer than uh, most people will give. Number two, what is work and what is play for you? <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel there's an interconnection. Uh, I feel your work should have an element of play. And uh, when you're playing, you can also incorporate work into it. So I don't look at uh, life necessarily as dualities. I look at it more holistically. So I, I want to create a life where I'm not working nine to five and then I I can play after. I'm not working Monday to Friday and then I can play on weekends. I believe I can play every day, even when we're doing interviews. This is work, quote unquote, but I'm having fun. It's joyful. It's great to connect. And I, I love inspiring people. So I look at that as my playtime too. Um, so I don't feel there's a, necessarily a difference between the two. The difference is in your mind. If you believe there's a difference, uh, it's going to look like that way in real life. So for me, work is play and play is work. And I'm going to ask you an extra question in here. At what point, or maybe, is there a couple little tips or tricks that you give people? Because you didn't always think that way, I don't think. And I think over the seven years, you've discovered it's true. If you could give someone some advice about how to bridge that gap, what would, what would a couple tips be? Like, what are like, some of the people that you've listened to or inspired you? or so, How did you get here? Yeah, it wasn't just seven years. It's been 41 years. I'm actually 41 as of this year. <laughs> so it's been a 45-year journey to really get here in terms of, uh, I feel I'm here in the sense that I believe that, but the times where I work like crazy, I'm working late at nights, I'm working too much, I'm a typical entrepreneur, very driven, and then I forget this hard of play that is so important, right? And, uh, you know, even with my kids, like I'll, I'll be uh, so busy or I'll be focused on my social media that I don't get down to the level and just play with them, doing the games, doing the puzzles, listening to the stories, etc. So I want to also qualify what I said by saying uh, no one's going to be perfect to the degree uh, that we'd like to be, right? So even though I feel I've got here to some degree, there's still a lot of work in progress. So in terms of how, um, I, that's, that's the whole life story, right? I mean, I started uh, in a corporate world. I grew up uh, from, from a broken family, did a lot of healing in my early 20s. I had a lot of fears around getting married, having kids. I had to go through healing around that. I had to process and write down my reflections around fatherhood and family and really internalize what is my priorities. What is my reason d'etre, my, my why? Um, a great book on this is Simon Sinek, Start With Why. Uh, really being purpose-driven and figuring out your sense of purpose and mission and vision and values. And if you can stay aligned with that, then you're going to be living purposefully and playfully. So I would say that would be my biggest tip is figuring out that be, the deep inner why, not just on a superficial, oh, this is my why, but going to that place of uh, brokenness, that pain, and healing it, and then uh, turning that pain into passion and purpose. So, so uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I feel there's all these P's, purpose, passion, and play, and they all intersect. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of books you can read. You can go to courses. You can do courses, uh, go to workshops, get a coach. Um, and uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, more intricate details that led me there. But, uh, but it, the nutshell is find your why. 
And so before we go to question number three, there's another P in there. How many people did you interview that were fathers for your book? Because you actually didn't just think, you were so worried about fatherhood that you actually went and interviewed a few people. How many people did you interview and write a book about? Yeah, quick little story there. Like the reason I wrote this book and do my blog is because my parents end up having a divorce. I didn't have a good father figure. So I, I was lacking the sense of uh, having my own dad and having fears about being a dad, bad dad myself. So that's why I started daddyblogger.com and started interviewing all these uh, dads because I wanted to learn from great dads about what it means to be a great dad and how have they uh, been the best father possible. So I interviewed over 100 dads. And at this point, like those hundred dads were from my book, which I published about five years ago. Uh, but at this point, uh, I've interviewed uh, probably about 180 dads and I've interviewed uh, on my podcast uh, around 450 digital nomads, uh, many of whom are dads as well. But I interview moms, I interview uh, single people, uh, families. So yeah, definitely. I, I love learning and I love interviewing people. I even had a chance to interview Anissa on my show. So uh, you can have that link where you can oh listen to Anina, Anissa's interview. But uh, I really feel there's so much wisdom in, um, in terms of people's experience and um, their mistakes and their successes. And I can learn from that. And for me, obviously, I applied it to fatherhood. But even in business, I'm always constantly learning what does that person have that I don't have yet? Well, let me learn from that person because then I can apply to my own life. So if you want to be a coach, learn from great coaches. If you want to be a great blogger, learn from people like John Chow or Yaro Starek and learn from the best bloggers on the planet. If you want to make money online, learn from people actually making money online. If you want to learn about world travel, learn from people who are traveling, right? So that's my philosophy. Learn from those. Awesome. So number three, is there something you want others to help you achieve or that you want to support, want us to support you with? Those who have gone before you. Definitely, uh, there are a lot of areas I still am uh, currently working on. Uh, definitely cash flow is one. Uh, you know, when people look at the digital nomad lifestyle, they'll feel, oh, this Ricky guy, this digital nomad person, they've achieved the perfect life. Uh, but as I alluded to earlier, there is no such thing as a perfect life. Every single person on planet Earth will have problems, whether they're a billionaire in the British properties, whether they're living in a poor village in the heart of Africa, every single person will have problems. They'll have problems in their marriages, they'll have problems with their families, they'll have health problems, they'll have money problems or money management problems. So that sense of problems get accentuated when you're traveling around the world. So we still have the same problems. My wife and me, you know, uh, I love her dearly, but we fight a lot. And that's part of marriage, you know, uh, fighting and figuring out how to solve those uh, issues, uh, definitely sacrificing um, my needs for her needs and vice versa, uh, definitely being other centered into instead of self-centered. So the relationship problems uh, at the heart of the, heart of the day is like, uh, you're going to have problems with people, right? Because People all different. So people problems, uh, financial problems, you know, like building a business on the road is so, 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 so challenging. Uh, as an entrepreneur, it's challenging enough. Uh, discipline yourself, uh, you know, um, uh, making sure you're productive, overcoming procrastination. Well, same issues on the 
road, right? I have to deal with discipline, productivity, procrastination. Plus, I got to deal with not having a desk to work from. Or like even today, there was drilling in the common room over there. So I had to move locations. And then I have to deal with Wi-Fi. Even on this interview, there might be some Wi-Fi hiccups and lags. I got to uh, deal with different times. Time zones. Like for me, it's actually morning in Taiwan, and for Nisa, it's evening. So I got to work on different time zones. I got to look I work in different languages. In Taiwan, they don't speak English. The, the national language is Mandarin. So all the signs are in Mandarin. They got to learn about a different culture and a language. So there are so many challenges uh, that I'm dealing with here in terms of language and um, culture, and of course, logistics and financial uh, stability. So I would uh, love uh, help and support on any of those areas, right? Like I'm learning languages now. So if someone has any tips on learning languages, I'm learning Mandarin and Tagalog, and um, I'm learning Arabic and Russian because I'm going to be uh, going to the Middle East and to the Eastern Europe. So I'm always open to learning. So if anyone has any um, advice or tips around uh, work-life balance, uh, having an even more amazing marriage, being a more amazing father, uh, definitely in, around business and cash flow and improving uh, income stability, all those issues would help as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm one of these per people who's definitely ready to admit, I need help. And, uh, you know, asking for support. So how many kids, how many languages do your children speak now? Rihanna? Well, uh, my uh, daughter, my daughter definitely loves languages. So we were traveling South America last year, uh, Central and South America. So when we were there, she was actually learning Spanish online uh, through one of our sponsors, by the way. Baseline, they sponsored our Spanish lessons, so thanks to them. And I was learning Spanish as well. Um, and my wife, uh, she's Filipino. So Tagalog, for those of you who don't know, is actually derived from Spanish because the Philippines was a Spanish colony. Uh, so she knew quite a lot of Spanish already, whereas my, uh, myself and my daughter and my, my two sons, they were too young to really absorb a language. But um, it's just been English. Um, Spanish and now they're learning uh, some Tagalog because we're uh, based in the Philippines and uh, of course they're gonna learn French eventually but uh, um, my daughter would be like English fluency and maybe like Spanish like um, maybe high beginner but uh, yeah she's really good I can tell she's good at the pronunciation and she's really good mentally intelligently in terms of picking it up and absorbing it as all kids are right uh kids are naturally good at absorbing and learning and learning languages especially oh, that's awesome and you're setting such a good foundation for them to be open to whatever cultures are thrown at them we find that kids in whistler for example don't maybe i, I always ask people that have kids that are like nine or ten years old that do you do you find that your kids because they see people coming from all over the world and going all over the world do they realize they don't have do they, they don't have the limitations like because the, the kids that ski here go ski in France and they go ski in other places a lot of them competitively so they don't see the boundaries as much maybe as for example me growing up in Abbotsford where I mean all you're doing is maybe going playing soccer in Surrey <laughs> you know? like, so it's a big a big difference right so number four five uh, you can change this to anywhere in the world what is your favorite but if you like Whistler because that's where I'm at I'm in Whistler British Columbia and Ricky is actually from my home province as well. And so what is your favorite thing to do in Whistler? And if you don't have a favorite thing to do in Whistler, you can also give me your top travel destination. Yeah, I mean, obviously in Vancouver, Whistler, uh, Whistler is known for skiing and snowboarding. And I happen to be more of a hot weather person. So <laughs> I'm not into the snowboarding and skiing uh, uh, kind of, um, what do you call it? Um, 
zone, a vibe. But I love hiking and uh, exploration. I do. I love doing road trips. Uh, so when when we are in Vancouver, we'll do road trips to Harrison Hot Springs and the Okanagan, the Sunshine Coast, Vancouver Island, even up north to Northern BC, the Chilcotin, uh, even down to. Uh, across to Alberta or to the Washington state. So we've done all the major road trips, uh, all quite a lot of the big road trips around BC um, and Whistler, of course, hiking and uh, that kind of stuff and just uh, exploring the uh, natural beauty. And in terms of world destinations, uh, we absolutely love both my wife and myself and my kids. Uh, we love South Africa. Uh, South Africa is uh, incredible in terms of the natural beauty, the cost of living and traveling. Uh, there's so much diversity. Of course, you can do the animal safari that a lot of us have with our bucket list. I had a chance to cross it off when I turned 40 last year. Uh, big bucket list item did the animal safari. My kids have learned about animals, not from zoos, but from the actual seeing them in the wild, like seeing lions uh, two meters away and seeing um, um, elephants and uh, incredible uh, animals in the heart of Africa. We did a shark cage dive as well. And Cape Town is probably one of my top favorite cities in the world. I love Sydney, Australia too, by the way. And I love Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. But Cape Town definitely has a special place in the heart. So those are my top picks for uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Whistler, and the world. Awesome. And traveling. What is a, and this is really funny because in Whistler, we've, we've got a popular item that's always the same answer. But what is a product that you are rarely without? It could be a tool. It could be anything. What is something like it's when you go to leave the hotel room, you always check that you've got it or, you know. <laughs> well, easy answer there. I mean, everyone's going to say probably smartphone or laptop, right? Yeah. Uh, but as a digital nomad, it gets accentuated, accentuated because at the end of the day, you do everything on your smartphone. I listen to podcasts on my smartphone. I take notes. It's my diary. It's my journal, my social media, my bank. Uh, you know, I'm managing my uh, bank and my uh, uh, um, PayPal, managing um, video editing. Uh, I upload all my pictures and videos. I can even write blog posts on here. So, of course, the miracle of technology. Uh, our smartphones are incredible. And uh, laptops, of course. Uh, some of the tools I like to use online uh, for doing my interviews um, are things like Google Hangouts, uh, like uh, uh, Skype and Zoom as well. Um, um, you know, like podcasting. Po I find podcasts are really great, by the way. Uh, for those of you, and I know Anissa, you obviously have big podcasts, so am I. So if you're really looking to learn and you don't have time, a lot of us are busy, right? Podcasts are a great way to learn while you're doing other stuff. You could be cooking, cleaning, you could be in the shower, going to the gym, uh, driving your car, and you could have a university on wheels. So that would be one of my big recommendations is listen to podcasts. And you can pick any topic, whether it's business or travel or hobbies, and you just pick the topic and you'll find literally dozens of podcasts on the topic. So those are some of my top tools and uh, recommendations. And what I also recommend to people is become a podcaster. So actually because of Michelle Abrams, um, we've got a free course that if you want to become a podcaster, we have a, over at theladiesmeeting.com, you can actually sign up for her free course, which is kind of cool. Um, because one of the things that I love is meeting other people, even when I don't have to, uh, we originally started Epic Lifestyles, meeting people in person at the, at the boardroom and stuff like that and doing live interviews. But it just time doesn't always allow for that. But we can always like it's eight, right now it's uh, eight thirty nine at night. I'm out on my deck. It's it works. So podcasting you can a do it anywhere and you can also listen to it anywhere. So awesome! Thank you so much for that answer. Um, what do you do now that you keep hope to doing ten to twenty years from now? 
applications. So currently I follow this multiple streams of income approach. Um, I've been in internet marketing for the last five years. I started off as a blogger and uh, I was just writing a blog and I was just writing to my family and friends. And uh, it's like, okay, daddyblogger.com for Vancouver. I started writing about different destinations in Canada. I started going to the U.S. and uh, writing for different destinations there. And then the sponsors were uh, starting to send me all this stuff. Uh, back in my home in Vancouver, I'd be getting like the UPS and the FedEx person uh, coming to my uh, door like weekly and uh, uh, sending me stuff uh, so I could do reviews. So I'd be doing YouTube unboxing videos and uh, uh, blog reviews and uh, just it was getting so much in terms of, I don't need all the stuff, but uh, people send it to me for free. So I was like, okay, can't say no. And of course, some of them will pay too. Uh, sometimes you'll get a free product in return for a review, but also you'll get paid and you do the review as well. So um, I started off as a blogger, but then I started expanding from just doing a blog. I started doing coaching because people like, okay, you have a successful blog, you have a massive YouTube uh, following, uh, massive social media, uh, you're successful like blogging, podcasting, social media, and YouTube. Uh, it's quite hard to do all four well. So I started coaching on these subjects. I started doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, and I still do it. Uh, with the coaching model, I, I struggle to like, uh, um, get the clients and keep the clients. So that's always a challenge. Lead generation, uh, signing them up for like three to six month programs. So I like the coaching model, but at the same time, I know it's a uh, trade of time for dollar. And I know this uh, kind of challenges with the lead gen. Uh, depends how you do it. Obviously, you can do Facebook ads or webinars or sales funnels, etc. cetera. Uh, right now, what I've been really passionate about lately, Anissa, is doing passive income models. Um, so I'm doing um, Udemy. I actually already have 10, 10 recorded Udemy courses. I am going to be recording um, a couple more next week as well. So I'm going to be up to 12 uh, Udemy courses by um, end of next week. And I'm super passionate about Udemy. I have courses on uh, personal branding, uh, YouTube, social media, blogging, sponsored travel. I have uh, one on parenting and fatherhood. Um, I have one coming up about um, how to write an Amazon bestselling book. And then I have another one coming up about how to get into the media. Uh, so yeah, Udemy is a great passive income model because you sit in front of your computer and kind of like what we're doing now, you start talking, you do about a 10 minute module and then you do about 10 of those, 10 minutes, at 10 to 10. And then you have about an hour and a half course and you put it on Udemy and you more or less forget about it. And Udemy does the selling and the marketing and um, you know, that uh, uh, kind of that hard part of course creation is getting people to buy it. And Udemy handles that for you. So it's a great way to make passive income. So I'm a big advocate of Udemy and online courses in general. And books, I have my book about fatherhood, which we talked about already. I have a couple of comic books, uh, one about marriage and one about parenting. And I'm actually doing a kid's book series uh, on the seven continents. So I, I just published my first book, about South America on Father's Day, it became Amazon bestseller. My next one's on North America. I'll be doing one on Europe, Asia, Australia, Africa, and of course, Antarctica. So the seven-part book series, which uh, is really focused. Exactly, yeah. I'm really focused on inspiring families, and especially kids, about travel and languages and culture culture and food and uh, the variety of this world from a very young age. Um, so you definitely the online courses, the Kindle, um, YouTube ad revenue. So I have a YouTube channel now with, uh, it's like 5 million plus views. 
So I'm able to get a monthly recurring ad revenue just from YouTube alone. And then um, I'm doing, I'm working on some affiliate marketing as well. Uh, I, I've been weak at that, even though I have a blog and I have link backs, I'm uh, working on improving that. So in the next, uh, you know, five to 10 years, I love for more, more majority of my income to be passive. Um, I, I still love uh, work in the sense of what we were talking about at the very beginning. Work to me isn't work in the, the boring, brutal, I hate work sense the word. Like I love working in the sense like I love uh, coaching people. I love creating online courses. I love writing. I love creating uh, social media content. I love doing YouTube videos. Um, so I don't feel I'll ever re retire, quote unquote, but I definitely am looking more of the passive income streams. So right now I'm just building it up. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I have all these courses. And of course, year by year, more and more people buy them. And it'll just be kind of the snowball effect. You start small, even though you might just make uh, you know a couple hundred uh, a month on these courses. You you look towards okay, I might be making a couple hundred this month, but in a couple of years it might be five hundred, a thousand, right? And then soon two thousand. So that's what I'm looking at. How do I make the most of my income passively? <laughs> so let's see how. Well, it's great. It's been great to watch you do it so far. So congratulations. Do you have a life hack that you could share with us? Other than it sounds like the whole time you've been telling us some life hacks all the way along, but do you have one in particular that helps you out in your daily life the most? How that goes. You know, I'm going to call it a travel hack. Okay. My travel hack is the power of sponsorships. A lot <laughs> of people have this issue with traveling. They say travel is too expensive. Uh, I can't afford to travel. Maybe one day I'll travel. So I want to uh, teach you some techniques and strategies for how we can travel fairly cheaply. Um, obviously, we're a family of five, so it's still uh, quote-unquote expensive, uh, but some travel hacks here. We avoid the expensive parts of the world, firstly. We avoid North America, Europe, and Australia, the three expensive continents. We focus on the three cheaper continents, Africa, Asia, and South America. We went to South America a year. Uh, I mentioned we went to Africa last year, and then this year we've been focused on Asia, uh, Philippines, Taiwan, and some of other Southeast Asian countries. So, uh, firstly, is like travel to the cheaper parts of the world. Uh, secondly, is like you, you don't have to stay in expensive luxury hotels. You can definitely stay at cheaper places. Even things like hostels. Nowadays, the hostels, they're much more family friendly. They're more oriented towards couples. They have private rooms. They're much more cleaner. Uh, uh, they're centrally located. So hostels, uh, doing Airbnbs. Um, doing homestays, like we've been staying in homestays around the world. It was a great way of us learning Spanish. Brazil, uh, Colombia, uh, Nicaragua, uh, 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 Guatemala. So in all these places, we stayed with a local family and the local language. And the last travel hack around what, uh, what the travel kind of side of things is uh, blog sponsorships. So if you have a travel blog, you can actually get a lot of stuff covered uh, in terms of uh, finances. You can get hotels sponsoring you. You can get sightseeing tours sponsoring you. You can get restaurant meals sponsoring you. You can even get some flights sponsoring you, uh, ferries, buses, trains. Like, uh, for example, in Europe, if you're traveling around Europe, uh, Eurorail, uh, the train network in Europe, they work with bloggers. If you're in Canada, where Anissa is, uh, the, the Canadian Pacific Railway um, from uh, Vancouver to like the Rockies and beyond. They work with bloggers. Um, there are a lot of tour companies that work with bloggers. 
because you got to look at this. They have a big bus, and if it's not full, they might as well give you a spot for the tour, and they get you all this marketing coverage. You're going to do Facebook Lives. You're going to do tweets and Instagram posts and Facebook posts. You're going to write up a blog review. They're going to have a link back, which is good for the SEO and Google ranking. So I'm a big advocate, obviously, of travel blogging because it's literally saved us thousands and thousands of dollars just on this trip alone in terms of hotels. We've stayed in really nice luxury hotels and had some amazing sightseeing tours, including things I mentioned, uh, like the shark cage diving that was covered, Machu Picchu was sponsored, um, the Bolivian salt flats, uh, the Amazon rainforest trip. So we've got a lot of stuff sponsored. So I would love to inspire and, uh, you know, kind of like empower people to start their own travel blog because travel doesn't have to be expensive. You can find cheaper ways to do it. And those are some of my hacks to make travel much cheaper than you think it is. That's amazing. Thank you. Yes, I know, for example, up here in Whistler, our Chamber of Commerce has, they sponsor bloggers into hotels and events and things like that. So you're, I hadn't thought about that. That's amazing. And you can win, I, I want I an um, ATV trip for a floor because I won the most stoked, which was just a hashtag competition with just just supporting local businesses, right? So there's lots of, and I mean, just, I just spent a weekend going around to local businesses, um, chatting them up, showing off their business, posting with their hashtags. So there's lots of easy ways to get, I mean, this was just a little thing, but you know, it's worth, you know, $500 when you're, when you're going to do something, it makes it uh, much more reasonable for sure. So great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We should probably let you get on with your day. It must be almost lunchtime there. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is actually just around lunchtime it's a uh, noon so go to delicious uh, try the delicious taiwanese street food the night markets here are incredible uh if you're ever considering coming to taiwan you got to check out the night markets the high-speed rail and of course taipei 101 which used to be the tallest building in the world and now uh dubai the burj khalifa is actually the tallest building in the world so yeah uh thank you anisa for having me on your show always great to connect with you my friend Awesome. Thank you, Ricky. And we'll, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll do a little write up for you on the blog and we'll add some of the links to your book and uh, whatever you're doing next. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure we post where people can follow you and uh, link to some of your Udemy courses as well. So thank you from Whistler. Say hi to Anne for me. Yes. Daddyblogger.com. Yes. Daddyblogger.com is where you'll find me. Thank Excellent.